Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. 937, Dean Richards, Sunday morning. WGN, time for our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Kev, before we get down to some uh, real medical issues here today, I started the program with... uh, Something that I I saw online this morning that said we should not uh, we should not abide by the five second rule. You know, if you drop some food on the floor, if you get it within five seconds, it's okay to eat it. That the floor, even an allegedly clean one, is still loaded with uh, bacteria and dirt. Uh, what is your uh, medical opinion on this? Dean, 100%. Forget about the five-second rule. It's funny ah, that you say that. We have, ah. a, we have a pathologist at Central DuPage, Phil Mahaffey, and his kids were talking to him about this five-minute rule. And he said, well, all right, you guys, I'm going to prove to you. So they did this experiment in their home and grew out tons of bacteria within you know seconds of hitting the floor. Oh, so the wow. floor is wow. filthy. Think yeah. about what's on our shoes. Yeah. So the five-second rule is totally off yeah we were saying you know depending on the the place you know some dirty place or you know someplace which is clearly filthy of course you wouldn't do it but you know you think something you drop something off the counter onto your kitchen floor or you know or at the table and falls on the floor if the dog doesn't get it then (laughs) then it's okay (laughs) fair Uh, game right but this article that i was reading said exactly what your guy uh said that even floors that appear to be meticulously clean uh, are still harboring all kinds of bacteria. So so yeah. there is uh, interesting fact number one for today. <laughs> Even if we rinse it off, let's say we drop something, we rinse it off, still, oh, still, no. still shouldn't no. do it? No, no. If you drop it and rinse it off, that's fine. But if it's a sandwich or something, you know, something that you can't rinse off, certainly, you know, uh, you're going to survive, but you might get a little ill depending on what bacteria is in there. So, um the, the studies have shown that the five-second rule does not apply. Yeah, okay, all right, there you go. There you go. That may be the most helpful bit of information that we all get today. Uh, <laughs> a couple of quick COVID notes. Uh, uh, all the news that I heard this week was uh, news of this new uh, vaccine, which is uh, a nasal spray. Is that something that is going to be uh, coming to fruition here in the U.S.? Yeah, I think it'll be coming to fruition in the U.S. here shortly. You know, they, it's been approved in China for one company, um, a very large company that's making it and pushing it out in China right now. So we'll be interested in seeing that data and hopefully trusting that data. But more importantly, people have to understand, we have 100 companies right now working on nasal vaccines for COVID. So whether it's going to be first to market or whether it's going to be best in class, it'll be very interesting. And people have to understand that, you know, one of the concepts behind this is, and people may not understand it, but our nose and our mouth has great defense mechanisms. Think about what we're exposed to all the time, and yet we aren't sick all the time. Many of the viruses and bacteria we inhale don't cause us any discomfort or harm because of this defense system in the nose. So the concept is very simple. Let's teach the nose to be more defensive for this novel virus, and therefore we will be able to protect it before it gets into the body and causes, you know, heart problems, lung problems, long COVID problems. So 
We had the shot, which was easy for us because we have history with it. And now I think you're going to see the advancement of the nasal sprays jump up dramatically. So this nasal spray then is is teaching the body via our nostrils to react physiologically in a certain way. Because I, I was thinking, well, if this works for COVID, why isn't there a flu nasal spray? Why isn't there... You know, uh, you know, other things, that pneumonia, nasal spray, other things that we take the needle for. Why can't they also uh, in, in, introduce those things nasally into our systems? Right. So if you remember flu mist, which was the nasal uh, spray for influenza, had a good run for a few years, then had a bad run. And a matter of fact, it was taken off the market for two years. And now it's back on the market as they've advanced that technology. So we have it there for influenza. Now it's a matter of, can we do it for, uh, for COVID? And people say, well, I haven't heard a lot of people use the flu mist is what it was called. And that's certainly true. And mainly because a lot of doctors did not feel that the results were as good as what we got with the shot. Yeah. So as we advance this technology, I think you'll start to see more confidence in it. But right now, it's just interesting that 100 different companies are saying, you know what, we think we can do this and make sure that it works. Yeah. Did I read something this week also? There is now another variant that is starting to make some advancement. Yeah, Dean, and it's kind of exactly what we thought, right? With BA4 and BA5 not being covered well with the regular COVID vaccine, and we know that it has spread. Much more milder, but it has spread. Well, we knew that if we allow a vaccine, or excuse me, a virus to continue to spread, we're going to get a variant. And sure enough, we have one, you know, the BA 4.6. And you're like, oh, seriously, we're getting the decimal points right now. But it's just to show us that it's the variant uh, BA 4, but now a subvariant of that. And unfortunately, this one appears to be more contagious than 4 and 5, which were highly contagious. So two things about that. One is that really is going to... push us to really say, hey, you guys, get the BA, get the bivalent vaccine now or whenever you're eligible for it, because it's going to block this. Because BA 4.6, which started out as a 1%, maybe even less than that, about three weeks ago, is now 10% in the United States and Mm. 10% in the UK. So you can see that this is going to continue to spread unless we stop this in its tracks now. Yeah, this and that's exactly how these other variants started off small, you know, and we said, oh, well, we'll keep an eye on it, we'll see. And then suddenly it, it seemed like in no time got out completely out of control. Uh, so, yeah. you know, hope, hopefully that will not be the case with this. Uh, yeah, you know, hopefully people will get the, the booster, and that's one of our biggest concerns is, you know, booster fatigue. If you, if you look at those over the age of 65, 92% of people have gotten two COVID shots, the original two. Then it drops down to 70 who have gotten one booster. Then it drops down to 45% who have gotten two boosters. So our concern is, are we going to see a lot of booster fatigue and people are going to say, you know what? I got COVID. I got the vaccines. I'm not going to go for this special, this new bivalent. And that's one of our concerns that it will continue to spread and allow for things like, you know, BA 4.6. Yeah. Uh, related to that is a question from the 270 area code. I've had all my shots and boosters except for the new bivalent. I was scheduled to receive it, but tested positive for COVID this past Monday. I'm now out of isolation. When should I schedule the bivalent booster now? 
Yeah. Thank you, Bob from Champagne, and it says go Packers. So I don't know if you want to, you know, give him good information. Maybe you want to give him false Boy. information since yeah, he's a I was Packer. Just say, I mean, I'll say, Bob, if you're a marketing guy, you probably need some more studies on what you should be saying and doing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but Bob, it's one of those unfortunate timing things for you, right? Um, you got COVID, and fortunately, it sounds like you're over it, which is great. But now you're going to have three months of natural immunity with BA4 and BA5. So really what we're saying, anybody who's had a recent infection does not need the bivalent until three months from after their infection. So, you know, you're going to be looking at closer to, you know, December, Christmas time um, versus now. The uh, 847 area code says, uh, should you avoid drinking alcohol before or after getting the COVID vaccine or boosters? Does it affect potency? Well, no, I mean, and it's a good question because people say I drink alcohol and that's a huge spectrum of do you have a glass of wine at dinner or do you have a bottle of wine in the afternoon? So, I mean, you have to understand that individuals who have alcohol problems or drink too much, certainly their immune system does not work as well. So we would say, hey, try to refrain as much as you can. But if you say, hey, gosh, I got my shot, I'm going to go celebrate and have a beer, that's totally fine. Or if you say, hey, you know, I'm a little anxious about getting this shot, I want to have a drink before I go have it, that is fine as well. You know, excessive alcohol, I'd be concerned about. Small amounts of alcohol, either as a um, something to take away the anxiety or treat yourself for doing something smart, I would say go right ahead. Yeah, 708 area code says, I've had a sore throat since yesterday. Should I check for COVID? I have no other symptoms. Yes. And if it's since yesterday, checking tomorrow would be good. Your date, you'd be day three at that point. It would give you a good idea. In the meantime, stay away from other individuals and check for a fever as well. Because although we all go towards COVID now as causing sore throats, we do have to remember that strep is still out there. And strep throat can be, I don't want to say dangerous, but can be troublesome for individuals. So if you start to get a fever, swollen lymph nodes in your neck and feeling that discomfort, not only get checked for COVID, but you might want to get a strep test as well. Yeah, and you just pick up a, a test at a, a Walgreens or, you know, someplace like that, and something like that is a good, reliable indicator? Yeah, you know, the COVID test certainly is a good, reliable indicator, and we're, we're hoping. And the reason I say don't go get tested today is as you've looked at the history of of the BA4, BA5, the sensitivity of that test has dropped a little bit. Not completely down to where it's worthless, but certainly they're missing more cases with that test with the general over-the-counter screening test. Certainly not missing it with the PCR testing, but any individual who has all those symptoms and tests negative, but say, gosh, I was exposed or I'm still concerned, go to the clinic, go to the doctor and get the PCR test because that's the one that's much more accurate. Uh, 815 area code said, Dr. Most, I once ate a pizza slice that I dropped on the ground at Wrigley Field. Hey, it was $5 a piece, topping side up. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, two things. I, I mean, mean, he lived should... He lived to send this text in. So. That's, that's a really good point. Now, I don't know if he doesn't live in Chicago or if he was just visiting <laughs> Wrigley, but I'm telling you, if you're going to have pizza... Wrigley is not the place I'm going to have pizza. So, you know, certainly you have better options. And I'm not sure I want to drop something at Wrigley and pick it up and eat it. Oh, my goodness. I wear a a beekeeper suit when I go there, and I don't drop anything. (laughs) Absolutely. More with Dr. Kevin Most, and we come right back. 312-981-7200. 952. 
Dean Richard Sunday morning with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. A uh, couple of texts uh, coming in. Uh, one of them uh, says, not five minutes after your discussion about the five-second rule, my granddaughter dropped a vitamin on the floor, blew on it, and then go ahead, went ahead and took the vitamin. Is the blowing on it okay? That doesn't seem very sanitizing to me, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And I guess of, of all the things, I guess a, a vitamin I wouldn't be overly concerned about. They're, you know, they're most of them are enteric coated. But uh, hey, and you know, the vitamins help fight the immune system, so it's at least a push kind of a, a day for her. Right, right. One step forward, three steps back, or, or, right. or vice versa, something like that. Uh, here is the eight four seven area code that says. My daughter has been sick for three weeks after having COVID for a second time. Uh, she tests negative, but has a continuing sore throat. What should she do? Yeah. You know, the, the, the problems with long COVID and the problems with COVID-related symptoms that continue is we're still trying to figure out what it's caused by. Is it caused by a continued low-grade infection that's not picked up? Is it, con- is it caused by just inflammation? So certainly she has an inflammatory response in her throat. And I mean, taking anti-inflammatories and Tylenol will certainly help. But until we figure out what is causing that in some individuals, we really don't have a lot of treatment. Now, some people are saying, you know, I bet you it's a low-grade treatment or a low-grade infection. We want to treat with Paxlovid. You know, I want that medicine to see if that'll help. But unfortunately, you know, we're restricting the use of that to individuals who have tested positive. So this individual has not or has not in the recent weeks. So um, I know it's troublesome and I wish I had a great answer to say, hey, take uh, vinegar and it'll go away. But unfortunately, we don't have the answer right now on that. Yeah, here's Tom at 312-981-7200. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi, Tom. No. Yeah, hi. Uh, I have a, a question. Me and my wife, not more than a week ago, got uh, the, the new vaccines and for us it was our it was the booster for the booster but it was the newest one just a week ago now we're we had a long time party scheduled in wisconsin they've added more people to the party like 40 people i'm also been asked to bring my couple of sisters that are working in retail and the other one works in the school system are we at risk with the new vaccine still because it's not two weeks in well, Tom, you asked the right question. One, great for that you got it. You're a weekend, and I'm not sure when the party is, but really we're going to see a great response within three to five days and a full response at 10 to 14 days. So you at least have a much better protection than potentially the other 40 people that are going to be there. But if you want to say, gosh, I need, because of immunocompromised or medical conditions, I want to make sure I have the maximum, you really want to be in that 10 to 14 day window. But okay. knowing that you've been vaccinated and you're at this point now, unless you have some medical reason, you are going to be better protected than anyone else at that party. No, excellent. Happy to hear it. Thank you so much, doctor. Thank you for the call, Tom. We appreciate that. Uh, Kevin, uh, still uh, this week, the majority of text calls are asking, uh, can they take uh, COVID vaccines with other shots, be it their influenza uh, vaccine, be it a, a shingles vaccine, any other. I bet we have like a dozen calls asking about can you take more than one vaccine at a, a, t- you know, at a time? Yeah. So the simple answer for that is yes. But let me, let me put a little bit of a clarifier on that. 
the COVID vaccine and influenza vaccine, absolutely you can get in the same at the same time. And if you think about it, that's going to be our goal in the future to not only get it at the same time, but to get it in one shot. So that is certainly uh, very possible. And a lot of people are doing that. And especially the timing now, BA4 and BA5 are still up there. We're looking at influenza season right around the corner. So definitely get those two. As far as matching it with shingles, I'm not a big fan of it. You know, I look at shingles as that's a vaccine that I want to make sure is maximize my protection over a period of, you know, 10 years. So I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to get my COVID vaccine now and wait three, four weeks before I get my my, uh, shingles. Now, if you're at the end of your shingles window, in other words, you got it, you know, six months ago and you have to get that second shot or you're going to miss the opportunity, then go ahead and do it. But uh, certainly shingles and COVID, I would try to separate. Influenza and COVID can definitely be given at the same time. Great info as always, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Kev, have a great Sunday. Thank you. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.